Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning. This is WISN's Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal. Jeff is president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, also in studio today, Marie McFarland. Welcome back. I'm going to start with you, Marie. Yes. Good. Happy Saturday, by the way. You're prettier than Jeff. (laughs) Clearly. By a wide margin. Let's hope so. Sorry, Jeff. (laughs) Sorry. It's great to have both of you in studio. Welcome back to both. Uh, We're here every Saturday at 10 o'clock on both WIBA in Madison, WISN in Milwaukee. A lot to cover, as always, regarding the Kowal Investment Group. Maybe throughout the show, Jeff will talk about things going on, how to get in touch with you, your locations, your website, which we can give out right now, which is? TheKowalWay.com. Social media? Yes, we have Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, so make sure to check those out, as the, well as our blog. Oh, oh a blog. On, on your we- and website. that's on the website, TheKowalWay.com. Then there's this show, Marie. Oh, in addition, market updates. We should mention five days a week. Yes, we do them five days a week um, at 3 p.m. and 5 p.m., um, and then you get the host of advisors that uh, do the market updates. Yeah, we always for, I always forget you know people's names, so we'll just say the staff. Yeah. <laughs> There's the too team. many. The, the team. team. And we yeah. also do 455 on WIBA in Madison, too. That's right, doing the Vicki McKenna Show um, on WIBA. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. A lot of retirement discussion coming your way. In fact, Marie's going to start things off today. Don't forget the sexy segment later in the hour about wealth management and preservation. Uh, a lot to cover. Cover. So, Marie, the floor is yours. So, this week we had two new blogs that were posted on our website, again, Um, And they're very important for year-end planning. So, I wanted to give you a little highlight or a brief overview. don't want to spoil it, so make sure to go check it out. Um, but one of the blogs is 11 year-end tax planning moves. And the second one is six year-end tax planning moves for your business. So both around taxes, which is a great way to wrap up the year. Again, make sure to check those out on thekowalway.com. The first one, I'm going to focus on a probably four points. Um, the biggest one is make sure you're maxing out your pre-retirement savings. So again, for 2021, you can contribute up to 19000 500 into a 401k or 403b for 2021. And if you're 50 or older, you can add another 6,500 in catch-up contributions. So these are pre-tax dollars. Um, and so pre-tax contributions can lower your income and lower your tax bill. So in those are- general, we prefer pre-tax if it's offered, right? It, with a lot of investments? And- I would say yes, but at the same time, it depends on the situation. There may be a time it makes sense to um, put the Roth 401k contributions in. And so what I would highly suggest is working with our team to make sure you know, what is most beneficial for your financial goals, your retirement planning, and, you know, does it make sense to pay the taxes today to save later, or does it make sense to reduce taxes this year? Good point. Um, For 2021, or sorry, for 2022, the increase has been to 20500 So make sure for next year planning, you've increased your plan contributions to accommodate that increase. Um, and that's pretty cool increase. The catch-up stayed the same. So catch-up 6500 for 2022. Um, another strategy you can use is making sure to donate cash to charity. So for the 20, 
2021 tax year. That's hard to say. I'm not sure why, but 2021 is <laughs> Say it five times yeah. fast. <laughs> so we'll just uh, keep going through that. But um, if you make the standard or if you take the standard deduction, you can deduct up to $300 of the cash donations. And if you're married filing jointly, you can deduct up to $600. So that's another advantage um, for tax planning, for year-end tax planning. And again, that's something new? For the last year and this year, okay. for 2021. Man, it's hard to keep track of this stuff. I know. And it will change again. So be prepared. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, we've talked over the years. That's so, so true. Yep. The changes and to make sure, first off, that we, it's just like any kind of tax planning to take advantage of it so it doesn't work against us. Yes. And it works in our favor. And that's what our job is, right? To make sure we stay up to date on all of those changes and make sure we're helping our clients take advantage of what makes sense for their planning. Um, another one. You know, I this is a harder one, but it could be your last opportunity to file married filing jointly. And so if your spouse has passed this year, we do extend our condolences. Um, and losing a spouse is never easy, but having to work through the loss of a loved one for tax planning um, is also really tough. But make sure if you did lose a spouse this year, this is most likely the last year you can file married filing jointly. So take advantage so of that. It's always in the calendar year of the death Correct. of the spouse. I wonder how many people are aware of that. Well, no, I don't think a lot are. Uh, but the key is uh, what Marie was alluding to also is that if you're going to do a Roth conversion, you're going to be paying the taxes on that Roth conversion at married filing jointly rates rather than sing individual rates. Right. Yep. So making sure we kind of take that in consideration, is the, this the last opportunity you get to be in that tax bracket? Another example, Marie, of good advisors having an advisor. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Especially during those hard times, right? It's the last, most likely the last thing you want to think about, but it's really important. That's a good it point. can save lots of money in the future. Yep. Um, and then consider a Roth conversion. So Jeff mentioned this already, but being able to understand, does it make sense to pay taxes now on the conversion? Um, and then also looking at kind of when you convert from an IRA to an, a Roth IRA, that money will grow tax-free in the Roth. Um, be aware, though, if you convert your whole IRA, it could bump you up into the next tax bracket. So again, something you want to do with us advisors to make sure you're thinking of all the different aspects of Roth conversions. And this ties into my next topic perfectly. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's got the segue in Radio Master. I like this. Yeah. So um, Roth conversions have been a hot topic and something we help our clients with often. But there are a lot of misconceptions when it comes to Roth conversions. So I wanted to go through some common ones that we get asked. First and foremost, anyone with an IRA can do a Roth conversion. There are no income limits. So you can make $2 million a year and do a Roth conversion. You can make a dollar a year and do a Roth conversion. So you can always do a Roth conversion as long as you have an IRA. And again, that's moving money from your IRA and converting it into a Roth IRA. When you convert, there's no limit on the amount you can convert. So again, if you had an IRA worth $3 million, you can convert the full $3 million to a Roth IRA. As long as we have time, let's kind of do a little deep dive into why a Roth is preferred, the advantages of a Roth. Yep. So the Roth is tax deferred. And then also when you pull money out, tax free. So you have money tied to retirement that you can use when you take it out. It doesn't increase your income and you don't have to pay ordinary income tax on the money. 
Um, when you take that withdrawal out. Correct. Yeah. And it's also beneficial because as of now, there's no required minimum distributions on a Roth IRA. So Jeff, you had a comment on the Well, Roth. the catch is you have to pay the taxes up front. Yes. So you're right. It grows tax-free. You take the money out tax-free. Yep. No required minimum distributions. Exactly. So what it all the tax Henry stuff said. is up front, not in the back exactly. end. Exactly. Where a typical 401k plan would be for people. And you it's, defer it's, the taxes on it. Correct. Yep. Exactly. And another um, advantage, again, depending on your goals and what you're trying to achieve, but legacy planning. So if you leave a Roth IRA behind for your beneficiaries... They still have to take that Roth IRA out within 10 years. So they have to take the money out in 10 years, but they don't have to pay tax on it. Well, well they, that's quite a bit of time, actually, to have 10 years if you're it, the beneficiary of that. Yes. In other words, an inheritance, something like that. So if you think about it, and Marie's alluding to it, that if, if the people who inherit it, chances are they'll be inheriting it at the peak of their income. So if they get that tax free at the time they're making big income, they don't have to worry about it piling on on top of that. Not that anybody would complain about getting an inheritance and having to pay taxes on it. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> but if you get it tax-free, that's even more better. Oh, it's a lot more better. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I mean, we're working with clients daily that, you know, because this just passed in 2020. So now all of a sudden you're inheriting a million-dollar IRA and maybe you make three hundred, four hundred thousand 400000 of income every year and you're forced to take out – you know, let's say a hundred thousand yearly, that significantly changes your tax Absolutely. situation. Oh yeah. Um, so another advantage to the Roth IRA for your beneficiaries. One thing, this goes perfectly inherited IRAs. So if you inherit a traditional IRA, you cannot convert it. So it's not your IRA, so you can't convert Got the it. IRA. And that's just across the board general rule. If Correct. you inherit one. Okay. Correct. But again, Jeff, like you said, who's going to complain? That's right. Yes. <laughs> we'll still take the money. Absolutely. Um, in taxes owed on conversions, you don't owe them immediately upon the conversion. Um, it's added to your income for the year. So your income increases for the year. And you'll settle up with the IRS for in April, you know, when your taxes are due. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep an eye out for the IRS form 1099-R. That's what shows the Roth conversion. 1099R. Yes. And if all of you are driving around and kind of forget about this, this is why we have you guys. Yes. Exactly. Actually, all these changes are kind of, every year we go through this, Jeff. It so, goes with, with with your taxes, too. There's changes annually. Yeah, we've been doing the show for 20 years. You think, well, what could you cover over 20 years on retirement and investment planning? It's all changing constantly. And, you know, we manage over a billion dollars of assets for our clients. The tax law regarding investments are changing, too. The tax law regarding retirement and all the aspects uh, associated with retirement planning. And that's why you need a retirement specialist, somebody that does it all the time, not somebody that does it once in a while. Mary, we got a minute here or two before the break. So back to what you had this list of, obviously, there's a lot of advantages, the bottom line here, to convert to a Roth. Yes, but be careful. So converting from, again, working with us will be beneficial because converting from an IRA to a Roth IRA, it does add to your adjusted gross income, which can impact things like your IRMA surcharges, which are Medicare premiums. It can affect financial aid and taxability of Social Security. So again, working with your us, your advisors, to go through does it make sense for your financial plan is important. It's got to be done the right way. Correct. Bottom line. But a lot of advantages, clearly, to the Roth and the conversions. You obviously help your clients with 
converting these? Yes, we do. Because I want to know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We can Uh, help, Paul. (laughs) Take that stress and anxiety away. Same as taxes, Jeff. Some people do them on on their own. They might get TurboTax. Some people think they can do their financial plan or retirement plan on their own uh, until you start accumulating it and... Missing some of these real changes, perhaps? That's right. Once you've accumulated some wealth, we have that warning. Don't try this at home. (laughs) Be careful with what you're doing. Once you've accumulated some wealth, you have serious money. The objective is to preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs. Marie McFarland with the Kowal Investment Group. Jeff Kowal coming back on the program. What do you got for us? Well, you like train wrecks. So, so I, I know you like stories. So this is a like worst case scenario. Worst case, this is the biggest yes. mistakes people make with IRA rollovers. So we'll talk about that. Uh, how to avoid a train wreck? That's it right. Might be a better way to put it, right? Hey, to reach out to the Kowal Investment Group in Waukesha, office in Port Washington, that's Ozaukee County, with that beautiful view of Lake Michigan uh, in Racine, right at Highway 20, Jeff. Uh, so yep. easy access in and off the freeway in Racine. And of course, Phoenix, Arizona, the com. Marie talked about the social media links. It's all on the website. Or Jeff, we can call you anytime. Absolutely. 262-522-4040 or com. The Retirement Clinic on WIBA Madison. WISN Milwaukee. Every Saturday, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute. Business owners, savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. The 2022 tax season is months away, but the new year will be here before you know it. The fourth quarter is a great time to focus on some productive tax planning to lower your 2021 tax bill. Here are six year-end tax tax planning moves for your business. Review how your business is set up. Are you a sole proprietor, S-Corp, LLC, partnership, or C-Corp? As your business grows, the best structure for your business may change. Take the time to review this with your CPA and certified financial plan professional every few years. Number two, review your business retirement plan. A great way for small businesses to cut their taxes is to establish a retirement plan. Would you rather write a big check to the IRS or to your own retirement account? I think the choice is obvious. There are several plan options to choose from. Do your research and talk to a professional to decide which is the best option for your business. Are you eligible for the home office deduction? During the pandemic, many small business owners began working from home full-time and may qualify for the home office deduction. Talk to your tax professional, see if you qualify. Number four, don't ignore your bookkeeping. Filing taxes is stressful enough. Don't make it harder on yourself by being disorganized. Break up your accounting and bookkeeping throughout the year to help avoid a missed tax deduction that could increase your taxable income. Claim first-year bonus depreciation. One positive change from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is that it can get a tax break for the entire cost of assets purchased in 2021. If you're having a big income year, you may want to consider moving up some purchases to 2021. And finally, be proactive with your tax planning. With proper timing, your income and deductions could become even more valuable. Yes, tax planning takes time, but we all know time is money, and in this case, spending extra time can put extra money in your pocket. If you need assistance with tax planning for your business, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thekowalway.com. Back with the Retirement Clinic here in WISN. 
Also on WIBA, thanks for tuning in with Jeff Kowal and Marie McFarland from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. We're going to talk about train wrecks. And I do like hearing, like, <laughs> not bad things. I don't want people to be harmed. No, no, But no. we can learn from mistakes, Jeff. That's right. And we want to be careful with this. Just like what Marie was, was talking about, those things have to be done by the end of the year. So there is a sense of urgency. Did you can't think, well, I thought I could do a Roth conversion on up until April 15th. Well, you can't. It has to be done by the end of the year. Same thing with some of the other things that you mentioned, Marie. Well, it's no different than tax filing uh, deadlines, right? It's no different than open enrollment for your health benefits at work. There's that final day. For us, by the way, it was just yep. last week. And that's it. That's right. It's over. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay attention to that. So uh, this is, I, I thought, a, a good article for Wall Street Journal, Biggest Mistakes People Make with IRA Rollovers. And a number of rollovers are increasing. People are uh, either voluntarily or because of mandates or other things, leaving their jobs. Um, and a lot of it's, it's triggered a surge in rollovers from 401ks into individual retirement accounts. Um, and uh, mistakes are common with these transfers, but uh, mistakes can be costly, potentially amounting to tens of thousands of dollars. Since the funds in a workplace retirement plan, like a 401k, often represent one of the largest payouts an individual will ever receive. So rolling these funds directly to a traditional IRA offers flexibility and controls without paying taxes. That's a key thing. And you have the ability to select for more investment options than typically you have at work. So, you know, if you think that if somebody scares you and says, well, if you roll into an IRA, all that money is going to be taxed. It's not taxed until you take it out. And then you have more uh, options. But you have to you know, consider what, what the consequences are of leaving the money in a plan, taking it out, what your different options are. But you do have more choices. But with a company plan, you're likely to have a limited number of choices. And this is from Sarah Brenner, and I, this is from Ed Slot's group. We've seen an increased frequency in rollovers recently, and we've seen a lot of questions about how to avoid mistakes. So let's take on some of those mistakes. One is taking a lump sum distribution of the 401k instead of moving it directly to an IRA custodian. So you say, I'm just going to take a lump sum and I'll roll into my IRA. Well, in such cases called indirect rollovers, you have 60 days to deposit the money into the IRA. Again, this is another one, Paul. 61 days. That's considered that, a full distribution. That when they say 60, they mean 60. They mean 60 days. And if it's you, something you could forget about, I would think, too. Yeah, so let's say you have a half-million-dollar rollover, and you say, well, pay it to me, and I'll roll over into my IRA, and you wait 61 days. That $500,000 becomes taxable income that all in that year. Ooh. And uh, you have to be careful because some employer plans will withhold for taxes automatically. Yes. And so if they withhold for tax and you receive out of the half million, 400,000, still all 500,000 has to be rolled into the IRA. And if you don't, then it's a distribution. And yet the train wreck even gets worse. <laughs> if you're under 59 and a half, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> How bad can it be? It could be an additional 10% early withdrawal penalty in the state of Wisconsin, 3.33%. So yeah, the technical term is that you just got creamed. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a lot of money, and that's hard-earned money. It's a shame. And all can be avoided by doing it in that 60-day window. There is an exception, however, for employees who have highly appreciated stock. It's called net unrealized appreciation. Anyway, net unrealized appreciation, that's a special strategy to use where you could save a lot of money on taxes. Let's say you put $100,000 into your company stock, and now it's worth a million dollars. 
if you put if you roll that into an IRA, that's all tax at ordinary income tax rates when you take it out. If you exercise net unrealized appreciation, there's a possibility and a probability that all that gain, that $900,000 of gain, can be taxed at capital gains tax rates instead of ordinary income tax rates. But it has to be done properly. There is a procedure for that. But there's a way that you can get around paying the penalties on that. Um, let's see. Number two is not realizing that when you do an indirect rollover, your workplace plan administrator will usually withhold 20%. This is exactly what Marie mentioned, that they're required to, they're usually required to withhold 20% from federal taxes. Um, now, so you, is it just me or is that a lot? It seems high. That, but they want to make sure, and it may not be enough. Actually, 20%. depending on how much, like on this example with the $500,000, if you get additional 500000 of revenue of income, 20% is not enough. But usually that's more than enough. Okay. Uh, but you get that back next year. If you roll the whole amount yes. over, okay, then you get the whole works. amount, uh, the 20% back, but you have to do it properly. And, and then, if you do a direct rollover, right, you avoid having to withhold for taxes. Great point, yep. Mm. So if it's directly to a trustee... Um, instead of you taking claim of it, then you can avoid them withholding 20%. Another reason there's people That's like right. you. <laughs> no, honestly, if I Let's just see. have a... How would I know this stuff? See, this is great because I give the horror story and Marie says, well, this is how you avoid it. I, 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 I like this. That, that is good. Another train wreck, Jeff. So go, go to Marie. Another one is rolling over funds from a 401k to an IRA before taking a required minimum distribution or RMD. This mistake affects those who are required to take an RMD for the year that they received the distribution from their 401k, individuals who now are going to be 72 or older. Doing so would result in an excess contribution, which is subject to an annual 6% penalty until it's corrected. Marie? <laughs> We're waiting for something. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, that's how you avoid that. Come to us. I, I like that. Take your RMD first. Yeah, just don't do it. Yeah, because, again, a million-dollar IRA, let's say your requirement of distribution was $40,000. You roll that over, there's a 6% penalty on that $40,000 because it's an excess contribution. You weren't supposed to put that into your IRA. You were supposed to take that $40,000 out first. Yeah. So if you take it out first, you can roll the rest of it over into an IRA. A do, it, a do it yourself or it could easily it, oh, make easily. a lot of mistakes in train wrecks. That's right. They say that, and a lot of them think and probably do do a pretty good job with managing the money. But then you come up against some tax issues or legal issues that you have to contend with. And all the money that you thought you made by doing this is all lost unnecessarily. So you have to be careful when you do that. It's a re really a reason to go see somebody who does this day in and day out. Uh, number four is not realizing that the rollover funds from a 401k to a Roth IRA is considered a conversion and you must pay the tax immediately. However, if there are after-tax dollars in your 401k, you can make a tax-free distribution of those funds to a Roth IRA. Okay, that says a lot. Okay, two parts to it. A lot now of, in English. Okay. A lot of people were able to put after-tax contributions into their 401k. So you pay tax. It's not a Roth 401k, but it was after-tax contributions. But you could roll that money out, and you should roll that money out. This was where it gets a little complicated. Should roll that money out into a Roth IRA and the rest of it into an IRA. Because if you commingle them, there's what's called the exclusion ratio 
which follows you the rest of your life, which is really a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a relative that you don't want to be around too exactly. often. Come on, what's the word? Commingled? Commingled. Yeah. So let's say you have $100,000 after tax that you put in, and you could have rolled that $100,000 into an IRA, into a Roth IRA. But instead, you put it all together into your uh, IRA. Now there's, and you had a million-dollar IRA. You rolled that all over. Now you have 10% out of each withdrawal. 10% is tax-free. The 90% is taxable. That follows you the rest of your life. Hmm. You have to keep track of that. You have to, yeah. yes. Uh, not not the IRS, not the government, not you have to keep track of Well, they'll of let you know if you didn't do it. Well, I'm sure they will. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. with all these rules the government has and tax changes and law, all of this stuff with rollovers, in general, Jeff, do you think they overdo it or is it an incentive for us to save? Or is it a little yes. bit of both? Yes and yes. Okay. <laughs> it is an incentive to save. So they, they understand that the government can take, cannot take care of you. And we've talked about this in the past. Where Social Security, for most people, is not enough to live off of. So you have to supplement. And with the demise of pensions, a lot, very few companies, still government agencies, some municipalities, some uh, hospitals and other nonprofits still have pensions, which are good. But that's dwindling. Uh, and the government recognizes that those are dwindling and Social Security isn't enough. So there are incentives for you to save. It wasn't intended, and I'm talking about Social Security, to be your sole retirement source of income. It just wasn't, Jeff, right? Correct. Um, and the government at least recognizes that and puts uh, uh, incentives to do your own planning. Yep. But there are also some restrictions. You have to follow those rules or else the rules, if you don't follow them, are pretty uh, the penalties are pretty high. So just to, to ensure a successful rollover, what Marie mentioned, do a direct trustee-to-trustee -trustee, uh, transfer uh, marked for the benefit of an IRA owner. A lot of times we'll have uh, people uh, have it come directly to them. And in that case, we'll make sure that the check is made out to the trustee, that it is not made out to you. It's because you couldn't cash that check. If you get a million-dollar check, you cannot cash that because it's made out to the trustee of your IRA. So there are a number of different ways to do it, but if you haven't paid to yourself, that's where all the trouble comes in, and that's where all the potential uh, uh, problems come about. Wow. As, I mean, as far as train wrecks go, that was good. <laughs> do you have any more you'd like to share? No, but here's a train wreck. This $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill was just signed into law. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's signing it, so there's not much you can do. They're talking about, you know, $500 billion is spent on in core infrastructure projects, such as roads, broadband, internet, electric utilities over the next eight years. Okay. But, I, do you think it's too much, Jeff? Is oh, that, or is it how some of the bill allocates it, the funds? It's never going to get spent on those things. No. Because a lot of it is, even some of these, you can see your roads and bridges, $109 billion, safety, $11 billion, public transit, $49 billion. But then there's a catch-all uh, infrastructure financing. And then I saw in one of these where it's just a general fund for environmental remediation, $21 billion. What, what, does what does that mean? What does that mean? How and how is that part of? Give us specifics, please. How is that part of infrastructure? Uh, water, general thing. Water, fifty-five billion dollars. Is that going to a union that does water, or who's that money going to Fifty-five billion under the category of water. Yes, it could be anything. That's right. Um, and they say, how will the measure be paid for? This is. 
I think this, I think, is okay, and why I think it got some bipartisan support. It did. There were many. When I say many Republicans, there were more than I thought, Jeff, that came on and supported but this bill. But there were a bunch late. of rhinos that that really partnered with Joe Manchin. He said basically, "You help me with this, that I'll put a roadblock in for the the bigger." No, package. he was the sole Democrat that opposed it, right? The M- Manchin, the right? Opposed what? That opposed the uh, that opposed the bill. The there, infrastructure bill. Yeah. No, he's one that's that's against a Build Back Better bill. That's oh, that's he, you're he, right. I'm confusing the two. Cinema. Yeah, those are the ones that are holding up the the, the bigger spending bill. So this is politics behind the scenes. This yeah, is what they, they say do. you agree to this, then we'll go slow on the other one. So that was part of the well, deal. The bottom with line this. is it did pass, right? This did pass. And one of the biggest sticking points was how to pay for it. The White House said that the fact sheet that would be funded with $250 billion of unused coronavirus relief funds and $53 billion of unused unemployment insurance and sales from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Basically, of the one point, let's say $2 trillion, they've got about $300 billion that's paid for from prior things that were already approved. So I think that's where they got some of the agreement from um, uh, Republicans on uh, because they did have part of it paid for already with unused funds from what Trump did last year. Okay, so supporters of this might say, so what? Okay, so this passed. How does it affect me? How does it affect Joe Investor? Well, none of it's going to be immediate. It's all going to take some time, and they're going to have to go out to government contracts. I'm sure, especially with this administration, it's all going to have to be union contracts. And that's where I think might be some sticking points. And then you're getting involved with the vaccine. And, you know, is the government contractor that's supposed to get one of these contracts, is everybody in their group uh, uh, vaccinated? So that's where I you're think exactly some of the right. sticking points are. And you peel back layers, Jeff, of this layer after layer, and it can get kind of ugly, right? Because oh, I don't like watching sausage being made. Yeah, that's... Politics can just get brutal. I think everybody's kind of witnessed that in the last couple of years. But, Jeff, yeah, you're right. I mean, this stuff is – and taxes, in your opinion, what do you say every show, are likely to go they're, – They're likely to go up. They're not going down. They're likely to go up. Exactly. Okay, so um, an update really quickly. Coming up next, Jeff, we've got the sexy segment. Little That's tease. Right. What do you want to – Wealth management preservation. If I could yeah. find it, I'll give you a tease on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better find it by the next break. Right? Oh, I will. We're going to be right back. We do have to take a commercial break. The retirement clinic is in Madison on WIBA. To those of you in that area, you can reach out to the Cowell Investment Group as well as WISN listeners by calling this number, 262-522-4040. I did find it, Paul. And what he got for us. I have, uh, if you want to be more generous to your kids with gifting, uh, there's a way to do it. So gifting. Gifting, yeah. Stay tuned. That's coming up the Retirement Clinic every Saturday. And with us today, Marie McFarland. Of course, your host is Jeff Kowal. I'm Paul Cronforst. We'll be right back. Back with Jeff Kowal and Marie McFarland as the Retirement Clinic continues here at WISN. And of course, in Madison, WIBA. Every weekend, uh, we talk about retirement. Jeff, and really, we should back up a bit. This is your niche at the reti- at the Coal Investment Group. Retirement is what you do. Right. A lot of other, other advisors will do other things, so college savings and financing your mortgage, things like that. That's all great. There's all things that are important. But then they say you're going to retire. Oh, yeah, we do that, too. That's not us. Every day at our office, we we address those who are close to already already in retirement with their retirement planning, investment planning, taxes, estate planning, 
um, long-term care, cash flow analysis, make sure you don't run out of money. These are all the things that we address on a daily basis. This show is for everybody. This particular segment are those with the million dollars or more. This so that's, is the sexy segment. It is indeed. It's wealth management and preservation. Once you've, once you've accumulated some wealth, that could be sexy. That could be, you know, if you have money, it's a lot more, a lot sexier than not having money, I guess. So this segment is for you. This is a Kiplinger's art, retirement article. And there are two parts, two articles in here I thought were pretty good and pretty apropos uh, to those who have accumulated some wealth and want to preserve it and grow it and pass it on to your kids. This first one is passing it on to your kids. I want to give my son more than $15,000 annual limit. What are the tax ramifications of this? And should I still appreciate stock to do it? Gifts above $15,000 or $30,000 with a spouse, so in other words, you and your spouse could give somebody $30,000, are only taxable against the lifetime exclusion, currently $11.7 million. All right. As long as your total gifts don't exceed that amount, there won't be a gift tax to pay. What did I just say? I don't know. <laughs> Let's husband, go back over that. Husband and wife want to give $15,000 a piece. So if I give $15,000, not a problem. $15,000 a piece, $30,000, still not a problem. Let's say I want to give them $250,000. Can I do it? Yes. $60,000 will go towards the, the annual exclusion, and the balance of $190,000 will go against the lifetime exemption of $11.7 million. So as long as you don't go over gifting $11.7 million, that's a you're little, okay. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that, is. that is a lot of money. But, say, but a lot of people get... Get caught up with that because I don't want to go. Well, I don't want to go because then somebody's going to have to pay gift taxes out. You don't unless you exceed the exemption. So yeah, be careful with that because you can gift more money than you want to. And if you look at if it's like with our our kids, if we want to give sixty thousand dollars to each one husband and wife, we could. Each, both Jane and I could give $30,000 to Adam, $30,000 to his spouse. We could give $30,000 to Aaron. We could give $30,000 to his spouse. So you give $60,000 to but each of them view it if as you want to. you and your wife are as That's one right. entity. It's not like you can we do can 30 and, give, oh, you we, can each? We can each give $15,000. So we, each give, we can each give Thirty thousand dollars to each kid each, and their it. spouse. Fifteen, and 15, spouse. 15, 15, You got thirty. You got sixty. Correct. Together. Okay. So we, and it still won't tap into our lifetime exemption. So you can gift more if you're interested in that. What we worry about, and Marie is very good at this, if somebody wants to give sixty thousand dollars a year to their two kids as an, and their spouses, how does that affect my retirement planning? Will I run out of money if I'm gifting well, that kind of money to my right. kids? It's a nice gift, but, you know. You don't want to jeopardize your retirement exactly. by gifting that kind of money to your kids. So you have to be very careful. And as for selling appreciated assets, if an asset that has unrealized capital gains, selling them will incur a tax bill this year. You don't avoid the tax bill by giving it to your kids. You avoid the tax bill by gifting it to charity. Um, so even though the gift taxes might not be a problem Capital gains might be. Marie? <laughs> did, did you want to pop in and say anything? Jeff, yeah, that, that's a great um, point. And I kind of wanted to point out that it is important to make sure your retirement planning is taken care of um, before you start gifting large right. amounts. Because like one thing that pops into my mind is, what if you have a long-term care scenario and that costs you know, your planning situation millions of All dollars of a sudden you realize you just gifted 60 yeah. to your kids and, when and you, you needed need it that. it might not be there so in order it's your retirement plan first get your 
yes. ducks in a row. Then think about gifting. Yes. And we understand the importance of it, right? Most people want to experience seeing the joy of gifting to their family while they're here. Um, I, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> it's nice being the recipient. Yeah. But, but you know what, Jeff? As I age and now my children are adults and they're starting, I, I do look forward to that day where hopefully I can, if I do things right, I can help yep. my children out. And That's maybe right. grandchildren. Yeah, that's right. And it's nice to be able to do things like that for your kids and grandkids. Sometimes your kids will be in a position that well, they don't need it. They've got enough. But why not look at the next generation? Why not look at the grandkids? Hey, just, a, just a quick sidebar, Jeff. Today's the 20th of November, so we're just a, over a month to Christmas. I know a lot of grandparents do gifting at Christmas time. Yeah, and this is a great point here, too. You have to do it. Uh, again, you could do it before the end of the year. If you're selling stocks, again, you have to do it before the end of the year. Um, last thing, do we have a couple minutes yet, Paul? Absolutely. Okay, uh, this is from the same uh, Kiplinger's report. To convert or not, my wife and I are both, and Marie talked about Roth conversions earlier. My wife and I are both retired at 61 years old with no debt. We have approximately $7 million saved with about $4 million of that in a traditional IRA. Should we convert some of this $4 million to a Roth IRA? It says, the again, he's 61. They're both 61 years old. The years between retirement and we start taking RMDs can be a great time to convert. I think that makes sense. You've got, so in this case, 61 to 72, where you uh, can convert. You don't have to do it all at one time. You could do a part of it now. You can do a big chunk, especially once you've retired and you have a, a, a wide range before you hit the next tax bracket where you can convert, convert a lot of it during those periods of time, presumably at a lower tax bracket. It also, you're not at 65 where it could potentially affect your Medicare premiums. So especially early in retirement, 61 to 65 is a great time to do Roth conversions. And unlike traditional IRAs, like Marie mentioned, Roth, have no, Roth IRAs, once you pay the taxes, have no requirement required minimum distribution withdrawals, and they're tax-free in retirement. Wow. To this, the decision to convert is not for everybody, but I would say especially you've got $4 million in your traditional IRA, I would try to force some of that money into your Roth IRAs, especially during that period of time before you hit Medicare and before you hit RMDs. Really good stuff. I, I want to focus on something. You mentioned that window of time between the age of 61 and 65 is a really good time. Absolutely. It, it also, Jeff, happens to be the time, right, when most people start retiring. Is there an average age that we toss out these days? For retirement? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough question. It used yeah, to be. Because uh, everybody, everybody is so different. different. Right? Yeah. I'd yeah. Say. I, in general, are we retiring earlier now than, Jeff, let's say 30 years ago? I think it varies. And I think it depends on the, on the uh, again, the mandates might have something to do with your retirement, your job situation, the stress at work. Uh, if you're forced to go back to work, a lot of people retired when they had to go back to work because they liked the idea of working from home. Unless you live under a rock, Jeff, the last two years, we've all seen stories of just that. Of yeah. Well, first off, the whole employers just begging people to work for them, right? But a lot of people just, you know, it's not worth it. I'm, I'm on that bubble anyway. But maybe I'll had, just retire. We've had a lot of people, like you know, that that know the history of the company that they like working, they have a particular skill that the company wants to keep them on. So beyond 65, we have a lot of our clients that work beyond it because they still have value, they still have something to contribute, and they still have a high a level of expertise and a high level of income too. But a lot of times, employers will accommodate them. 
because we our, our dear friend Joe that just passed away recently, you know, for years he they'd say you want Fridays off, take Fridays off. You want Mondays off, take Mondays because off. Because they needed they him. needed his expertise. So he, so he worked an, well into his seventies. I think it was seventy eight when he finally retired. Um, there too, the emotional side of re- retirement often gets overlooked. Yeah. There's a lot of emotions just to one day retire, just like that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, like quitting cold turkey. Or do you wean yourself into retirement like him, three days a week? But this wasn't him. This was the company still needed him. So they said, whatever you want, three days, two days a week, whatever you'll give us, we'll take. Well, he he had an engineering background, so he knew specific things about the products that they were selling. And uh, Yeah, you know what? Everybody's different, right? It's just case by case. Some people want, I I can't wait for that day. They mark the X on the calendar. Yep, Yep. Mm -hmm. countdown. Yeah, countdown to retirement. Everybody's different. And others want that social feedback too, being at work. I, I'm a social animal. Yep. I like being here. Uh, yeah. Talking sports in the hallway, having a coffee with a coworker. Yep. Some would say you're wasting your time to get to here. work. The, the water cooler client. talk yeah. is that. It's <laughs> exactly right. Aren't you the same, Marie? Yes, I do enjoy it. I would struggle working out of my house. Some people like it. It's not for everybody though, Jeff. Yeah. We've seen that these last couple of years. That's, yep. Good stuff. So gifting. If you've got gifting questions in general, Jeff, with the holidays looming, the end of the year really right around the corner. It's going to go fast. It always does. Today is November 20th already. Reach out to the Coal Investment Group with your questions. That's right. For the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about a sense of urgency, things you have to do before the end of the year. Gifting isn't something you have to do, but it's a nice thing to do, as you mentioned, especially around this time of year. 262-522-4040 is the phone number, 262-522-4040. The Kowal Investment Group in Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, in Racine. Check out thekowalway.com. With Marie McFarland, Jeff Kowal, I'm Paul Kronforst on WISM. Some events, some things to know. We talked about some uh, items on your website, Marie, that yes. we're going to come back after the break. and Yes. Kind of remind people about, that's thekowalway.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back into our final segment we go. It's been a busy retirement clinic. I could not, if you had to pay me, Marie, go back and repeat what you guys talked about. You and Jeff Kowal, the (laughs) gifting, Roth conversions, the rules, the deadlines. By the way, let's review some of this. Important dates are the end of the year. Yes. Starting there, Marie. Yes. So there are a couple things that I wanted to make sure. So Roth conversions, um, as mentioned before, they have to be done by end of calendar year. So not through um, tax planning through April 15th, again, through the end of the calendar year. So essentially, you have to be completed with your Roth conversion by 1231-2021. And as Jeff mentioned, it's there's no such thing as a prior year conversion, which there are such things as prior year contributions. Um, So make sure to keep that in mind. We talked about required minimum distributions, and it reminded me that if you are in um, if you are 70 and a half or 72 and taking your required minimum distributions, you have to take that first before you complete a Roth and a Roth conversion. So, so those da- those ages, 70 and a half or 72 or 72. Yep. So if you are in RMD status currently, you have to take your RMD first, and then you can make Roth conversions on top of that. Yeah. Makes sense. Um. The other one was making sure if your um, partial conversions are important. 
So going back to working with us, again, coming up with a strategy on you don't need to convert your whole IRA at once. That's not That might not be the best case, and in most cases it's not. Um, but being able to have a strategy in place of doing small chunks, partial conversions over a different time period. So for example, just to pick a number, a million-dollar IRA, you could convert half that. Correct, you could. Yeah. Or you can convert 10% of it. Over whatever the whatever next, works yeah. best, yeah. Yep. Um, and maybe the goal is not to convert all of it. You know, yeah. it might make, make sense to keep a hey, portion when, of it. When you guys do this with your clients, and Jeff, you've over the years talked about, it, you do review these all the time. It's not just like you one never, day wake up and, you know, you have a plan. It's never set it and forget it. And like right. Marie mentioned, you have a plan in place to do it over a number of years. Not right away. You know. So you have, you know, as, as you mentioned, 61 to 65 is a great time to do it. 65, 72 is a great time to do it. Even after you start taking RMDs, as Marie just mentioned, still might be a good time to do it. Yep. And Marie, at the beginning of the show, you talked about a lot of information on your website, some things like that. Uh, before we run out of time, let's, let's hit that. <laughs> so I have two blogs that I want to make sure you go check out. One's called 11 Year End Tax Planning Moves. The other is 6 Year End Tax Planning Moves for Your Business. So... Newly released information on our blog. Check it out, thecowalway.com. And then make sure to listen to our market updates at on the 3 o'clock news block and 5 o'clock news block. And then at 4.55 on WIBA in Madison. Yes, the 3 and 5 p.m. news block during the Mark Belling Show on WISN. Yes. That news time sometimes varies. He can run a little late some, yes. some days. <laughs> but hang in there because sometimes it comes on at 5.30 or so. But you want to make sure you listen to those awesome reports. Well, with the market volatility, and it seems like we always say that it's been volatile lately, but it has been. Make sure you catch those uh, daily. It's it's a minute snapshot of the day's activities. Yep, of what's going on and how it affects you. Correct. Okay, so Jeff with locations in Waukesha, Port, Phoenix, Racine. If people have questions about what we covered today, you do not mind questions, phone calls. Call Absolutely. the office. The to schedule your complimentary retirement review. The com or give our office a call at 262-522-4040. 262-522-4040. The Retirement Clinic, of course, back next week. We are on Madison and WIBA. And, of course, WISN for now, 20-plus years it's been, Jeff. That's right. Wow. A lot of fun, a lot of, big, a lot of material to cover over those years. Great show. Once again, Marie McFarland, thank you for joining Jeff today. Good stuff. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a great Saturday. Jeff, we'll see you uh, next week. Thank you again for a great show. Sounds great. Thank you, Paul. Jeff Kowal and the Retirement Clinic with Marie McFarland from the Kowal Investment Group. I'm Paul Kronforst on WISN Milwaukee.